to Jen. I definitely like soundboarding. If you've known me for a while, I like talking a lot. And funnily enough, that's what I'm going to talk about today. But um, is there any teenagers in the house, high school age, you know, or primary school? Just hands up, give your hands up. Keep your hand up if you're excited about school returning this week. Some hands, some hands have gone down. Yeah, that's right. So I work in a high school, really keen. Last week, as staff members, little, no, little do you know, young people, um, we actually meet up in the schools, we plan, prepare in our different roles in the high school, but particularly chappies, um, as high school chappies, we um, meet together, um, and this year we met at the Bunya Mountains, anyone been to the Bunya Mountains? And if you would know, if you've been to the Bunya Mountains, probably 90%, 90% of the time, it's either muggy or rainy while it's up there, well, at least that's my experience of the three times I've been there my whole life, okay? And so we're up there, and uh, we're, we're going to do some activities outside, I believe, just impromptu sort of stuff, um, but spend a lot of time inside praying, encouraging each other, getting around each other, unified together, all different uh, denominations, all different churches represented in that group, but unified under his name, believing for 2023, and we were really excited. Um, that was probably my big highlight, the fact that we could come together as chappies, um, but probably a mixture of a highlight and a low light, if that's a word, um, is the fact that, I think he's left, but Carlos, if you know Carlos, he's a bit of a crossfitter. He is a gym junkie. He is just, you look at him, right? He's Arnie, right? Colombian Arnie. And so um, Carlos, myself, and Sam Evans um, decided we'll do a work, workout in the free time, you know? And uh, so we'll chuck the shorts on, T-shirts. Shirts did come off, not from me, maybe other people. And um, we started doing this um, PT session, the Carlos PT session and um, he explained what was going to happen. We went to this hill, and I was already crying on the inside when I saw a hill. And I was like, seriously, it's like almost raining. I'm going to slip all over the place. I'm probably twice your weight. And then he brings out at the back of his boots this arsenal of gym equipment that he just carries with him wherever he goes. I'm like, why do you do that? Well, that's why he looks the way he does. And so he brought this 10 kg, uh, like, uh, armor plate, uh, or body plate you can put on your shoulders and run with it just for extra weight. Why would you do that? Anyway, he brings that out. He gets me to hold it, and he's like, yep. So we're going to use this to run up the hill while holding it like a gun. What is this, the army? And we're running up, going around a tree, and then coming back down. Then you'll do some, um, I think it was some sort of squats or burpees, and then a kettlebell swing with not little 2kg, 5kg, 8kg that I'm used to, but he had a 16 and a 20-something kg kettlebell that I'm trying to swing out. My arms are snapping off almost. And it was such a highlight and a low light. Highlight because these two men, as I am going half the pace of these guys during this hour, 60 minutes, we just went non-stop. I, I heard 16 minutes but it could have been his accent, um, but yeah, we clarified it was 60 minutes, and as we're running up and down the hill, I'm almost crying, I don't know what is rain, I don't know what's sweat, I don't know what's blood, I don't know what's other liquids, too much information, and I'm just pooped, right, I am just freaking out, and in amongst all of this, the highlight for me was the words that these guys were whispering, yelling, screaming, talking, whatever pace they were, uh, they were doing throughout it, just saying, you got this, Barry. Come on, you can make this. Come on, Jason, don't stop now. There was a subtle difference when he said, no one's going to pat you on the back, mate. That was different. But 
there was a majority of the time it was speaking up, it was encouraging, and it actually got me through. Because if I did it by myself, or I did it with people that weren't saying anything, weren't encouraging, I don't know if I would have made it all the way through the hour. Why do I say this? Why do I share the story? I believe, but more than ever in the world that we live in, our words matter. Our words matter more than ever before. This is the message we want to focus on how we speak, how we talk, and the words that we use. Often actions will speak louder than words, but, but today I want to specifically unpack scriptures in the Bible, what God says when it comes to the words that we speak about ourselves, about the people close to us, the people in their church family, and the people that might not know God yet. Because reality, church, is we are living in a world where words are more often used as vehicles to criticize, tear down, lie, spread rumors, shame, belittle, and guilt people. It is so easy. How do I know this? We look at the news. What is the top stories? Bad news, critical things, things that are going wrong. When I talk to high school students, when I'm in, doing programs with them at the school, one of the activities I get to do, like sort of um, towards the start of the programs, is getting them to write down what some things that you struggle with, things that you find are negative, and they'll just write this huge list. And I get them to turn the page over. Okay, I want to write word positive on top or speaking up about yourself. And they'll sit there for and like just minutes writing maybe one or two words. I believe that our human mind and the way that the world is wired is that we are so negative, so critical, so cynical, and thinking there's always agendas, always trying to figure it out on the negative spin. Proverbs 18.21 says in New King James Version, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this opportunity to share around your words, and I pray that it is your words that speak to our hearts today not just the congregation, but myself as well. We want to listen to you. We open our hearts to you now to hear what you want to say in this message. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. So the context for this scripture in Proverbs is written by a guy named Solomon, King Solomon, actually a son of King David, if you know David and Goliath, right? And so he's the guy that took over from David as the king of Israel. And in Proverbs, or majority of Proverbs, he talks a lot about the wisdom, and he gives it in short, little, simple, general terms. Easy for me to tell you. That's why I love reading Proverbs. And chapter 18 that we just read just then has an emphasis on words, actions, and beliefs. And today with the focus on words. And this scripture, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Our words have the potential for good or evil church to bring up or to bring down, to speak life or even take it, to build up or to destroy. And that second part of that verse, and those who love it will eat its fruit. In other words, those who love to talk, maybe some of us here today, must be prepared for the consequences of the words. And that speed of words makes it even harder to realize the consequences behind the words we speak. See, church, words are free, but how you use them may cost you. It may cost you. So why am I sharing all of this? Well, I believe that God has put on my heart as a couple of weeks ago now, and as I have been doing a bit of soundboarding, as Pastor Jenny has been saying with people, and they're like, yeah, that is so true. I believe that God is reminding us today to be a church 
that will speak up. And this is not a contradiction to Pastor Brendan's message last week. He talked a lot about being silent more often than speaking. This is not that context. The context of speak up, I'm meaning today, is to speak up of people, to encourage people, to lift up, to build up, to encourage, get around, rather than criticize, push down, belittle, which I think in my small time that I have been a part of the church of my life, I have witnessed a lot of churches both in person and online, particularly online, that a majority of the message content is about bringing down, criticizing, pointing out things that are wrong. And I think people that are unchurched, they'll be just sitting there going, man, they're constantly about what they're against, constantly about putting down people, constantly about this mentality of them or us when we're on the same level. The title message today is speak up, speak up. And I've got three simple words on how as the church, as civic church for our community, particularly here in Toowoomba, on how we can speak up. And it starts with one word, reflect. We need to do a lot of reflecting. Proverbs 29.20 says, There is no more hope for a fool than someone who speaks without thinking. I won't get you to put your hand up, but I'm sure all of us here today have said something without thinking have just let the tongue fly, let the text message go, let the Facebook just go out into the World Wide Web without really thinking, how could this be interpreted? How could This potentially will hurt a lot of people. I'm just going to do it anyway. I'm not going to think. I think we've all been in those situations. And Winston Churchill has this famous quote where he says, by swallowing evil words unsaid, no one has ever harmed his stomach. You don't have to be a doctor to realise that. There's nothing that can go wrong when it comes to just holding back, thinking, keyword reflecting, when it comes to the life as a church that we've been called to to speak up of our community as civic. One of our key visions is we are for the community, for our Toowoomba community. We will get around not just the people that feel like they're in the low situations, but the people in the high situations. Whatever it is, we are for people as Jesus did here on earth. I think a great example for me personally of think, not thinking before sending something was, it's funny how we have an advertisement, um, little promo, um, and there was a comment up there of the church, not the building. And so some people that have been a part of this church for a while now would remember I put a post up online on Facebook particularly. It was probably early Facebook days for me where I just put up posts every single day. It was a scripture every day. It was a thought every day. It was a picture of the church. It was a picture of worship. It was a picture of the lights, whatever it is. And I was with my heart, I was like, I just want people to know about God. I want people to know what I know so they can step into this relationship with Him. And what happened was I took this picture of the front of the church facade when it first lit up. It was like within the first week. Big blue colour, and it looked like a UFO or bubble wrap. People called it all sorts of things. They thought it was a club. People didn't know what it was. And I took this picture, and with that motive, I was like, you know what, I'm going to clarify. For all my friends that are wondering, what is this lit-up building that Jason goes to on a, on a Sunday and Friday night sometimes with youth? And so I put up this post, and I said, the bride of Christ, that's it. Just that. Now, all my non-Christian friends are like, unfollow, 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 unfriend, unfriend, you're a weirdo, that is a building. All of my Christian friends, particularly people not part of this church, because people are part of this church were encouraging me, 
But there were people in maybe different denominations, different types of churches that started just going message, 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 comment, comment. It was going viral. Like I just, I left it for a couple of minutes, came back, and I thought to myself, man, this is famous. This is so good. People are going to be so encouraged. And when I read through the comments, there was a lot of people going, it's not the building, it's the people. The church is the people, exclamation points, cap locks, little devil face. That's what, you know, all sorts of things. It was really disencouraging, right? And so... I started replying to those comments without thinking, hey, you're so wrong. That's what I was, I actually, that's my context. I'm actually just saying the buildings look nice, sort of thing, the brighter Christ, the people in it. I was just trying my hardest to try and unwrap this, and it was really hard. And then, after a message with a particular person, they started to DM me. If you know a DM, direct message, they sent it to me on Messenger. And it was on. They started throwing things. I got a bit angry because I felt like maybe they're having a go at my church. And so I feel like I have to defend it, defend my leaders, because this person's just getting these things wrong and sending it at me. And then eventually I just threw a comment in there, cap locks, as I used to do. Cap locks, exclamation point. Maybe if you went to church, you would know the truth. Or what are you know, like, like the person just absolutely. And then it was just a message, boop, gone, blocked, blocked me. And so example of how without thinking, with the emotions, with all the baggage, all that hurt, in a five-minute period, by the way, church, all of a sudden, that person block, see you later. Without thinking, and we're just responding. And I feel like that happens today, and I see it a lot on comments, on posts, on political statements that might be related to the church. People get into the comments, Pastor Brennan just goes, social media, seriously, what the heck, you know? And so we need to make sure, when we're speaking up, before we can speak up, we need to reflect, hold on a second, Where's my heart? What's happening here? How's my soul? How's the emotions going on? Particularly, you know, when it comes to being angry, which I was in this situation, which leads me to my second word, remove. So we need to reflect, and now we need to remove. As part of reflecting about how we're thinking about something before we respond, we start to realize often that we are carrying things under the surface. And it can either be something from a long time ago, or it could be five-minute periods. But there's things that are happening underneath that we don't see until we reflect, until we stop. Then we can start to figure out, okay, I need to remove that. I need to take that away. God, I need to give this to you. Real practical example is when I was a kid, my dad would get me to clean the pool. And our pool is a 12 and a half meter by 4 meter pool, pretty big pool in the backyard. Dad would look after it sporadically. So it would go literally from the most amazing clear blue to the most horrid swamp-infested, green-colour thing that he still got us to swim in, by the way. So maybe I'm able to have an extra immunity somehow to things. Maybe that's why, you know, uh, anyway, move it on, move it on. I'm going on a tangent. So in the pool, and he said, okay, you need to clean it. Okay, cool. i got 15 minutes before I need to go hang out with friends. And normally I would, I would do it really quickly. And so I'm stirring up the water. I'm trying to get it to move. I'm trying to catch all the things. There's algae. There's probably a dead frog. I'm thinking there's a shark in there, but that's just my fear of sharks. Whatever. There's things in there. and I'm just trying to grab them and throw them out. But as I'm stirring the water, and I've also turned the pump on to get the water moving, I'm realizing it's very difficult to grab things and to highlight things and to figure out where these things are because they're just spreading all over the place. Dad would tell me, you need to actually wait. It's going to take like two hours to clean this pool. You need to let it sit, let it settle, then get the big sucker thing out and slowly vacuum it up. And he showed me how to do this. I'm like, this is so boring. This should take 15 minutes, not two hours. Dad. No, you need to let things settle. Otherwise, you won't know what's under the surface. You won't know what comes to the surface sometimes 
until you stop. We a beautiful song before, be still. As Christians, you know, this is scriptural. To be still and know that I'm God. To rest, to recover, to stop, to stand still, both physically and emotionally, so we can realize, oh, what's actually under the surface? What am I carrying? What stuff am I holding on to? Ephesians 4, 31, Paul is writing here and he says, Get rid of all the bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. These can be words that, as Christians, we're like, no, I don't want to be bitter. I don't want to have anger. I don't want to have rage. I don't want to use harsh words. I want to be his hands and feet. I want to be peace in my school, in my workplace, in my families. I want to spread love. And yet it's very difficult to do that, I think, practically. I'm just thinking logically here, church. It's very hard to do when we have some of these things, hold, we're holding on to them. Because it's God, it, God's not pushing back at us. God's not going, oh, well, that's the, the bitterness, the rage, the anger, that's your issue sort of thing. He's actually going, hey, I want to carry that. I want you to give that to me. Because it's not healthy for you in your walk with God. And it's not going to be healthy for the people around you either. Especially when we're going to be people that are called to speak up for our community and for our people around us. Ambrose Pierce, he says, speak when you are angry and you will make the best speech you will ever regret. Love that quote. I remember sitting with a student, it was like three, four years ago now, early years of my chaplaincy, and sitting with this young lady in the early, early grades of high school, and she was so negative and angry about people around her. She was getting suspended because of the words she sang to everyone around her. She can't hold back her tongue. And so over a couple of catch-ups with her in the chappy office, Eventually, it got to a point where we were able to figure out why. Why are all these words coming out? Why are you so angry at people? And I was starting to be really challenging and push back at her. Once I built the rapport with her, I was going for it. And then she started to open up in a bit of an awkward subject of how, well, the people in my life, in my close world, people in my family, they do this stuff towards me. Have you told anyone all about this before? Uh, no, no, I I'm, not, I'm only realizing probably now that this is really affecting me. She was so hurt. She was so offended by people that, honestly, weeks later when we organized the catch-up, had the family there in the room, I'm thinking, where is this going to go? It could go two ways. Either they, they hate the chappy. Why are you talking to the chappy? Why did you bring the family into this? Or it could be some resolution, uh, you know, amazing things, that restorative stuff that's going to happen. I was believing and praying for the second op option, obviously, church, and so... As I sat down with the girl, talking to her a bit, prepping her, mum, dad, family members all came in. They got off work during the day to come into the school. We had this big chat, literally for about two hours, and it was a lot of listening happening. A lot of silence, a lot of listening. The daughter talking and sharing, the sister in this case as well, sharing a lot about the hurt and the pain. And these family members were, I believe in my heart of hearts, what they were saying was true, that they had no idea how much this was affecting her because it was very subtle. It was all to do with the tone that was brought up, not the words. It was how it was said, not the words. They are such a loving family, such a supportive family, and a family I'm actually still connected heavily with at the school. And yet it was the tone and the volume and all that stuff that actually affected this young girl. Once there was restoration, once there was forgiveness, once there was big hugs, kisses, high fives, all that stuff, didn't happen straight away. But I can tell to this day there's a young lady that's now in her older grades that loves getting involved, 
Love's encouraging. Love's putting a hand up for things, helping out with the young grades um, down the, young, um, the grade seven area. The girl's completely changed. And I know there's other things that could be happening in her life to cause her to do that, but I feel like the big thing was there was communication that completely changed because I believe that raising or raise your words, not your voice, is really important. Raise your words, not your voice. I love the quote, it is rain that grows flowers, not thunder. It's rain that grows flowers, not thunder. That gradual speaking truth building up. Because this message here today, church, this speak up message is not about let's just be all positive, let's all be smiles, let's just encourage every single person, even when they've wronged me, even when they're not listening, I'm just going to constantly put a smile on my face, yes, I forgive you, all peace, hallelujah, brother, and move on. No, that's fake. That's, that's fake. I think there's a lot of Christians that can easily just pretend like everything's all good and get home and have this big breakdown moments. I think we need to be genuine. We need to speak life and we need to speak up of people. But sometimes it can be a bit of a harsh truce. I love when I catch up with Pastor Brendan. We'll have some chats. And when I was in the early days of being a youth leader, um, young, young adults, and um, there was things I would go to Pastor Brendan about, and I would want a particular answer, but Pastor Brendan would give me a different answer. And in the moment, my emotions, my soul is like, I don't like this guy right now. I know he's a senior pastor, Ugh, but this hurting a little bit. But when I walked away, when I reflected, when I actually just reflected and let things settle, I realized this guy wants to build me up. This guy wants to speak life over me. He wants to speak on behalf of God, and he doesn't take the responsibility lightly. And he says that a lot, and I believe anyone here in this church, go to Pastor Brandon, you walk away feeling uplifted, you feel encouraged, and you can sometimes have the exact same words that he would say to me and say it to someone else, and if someone's really just taking it the wrong way, it's the exact same words, but it's how they've taken it. It's like, nah, that sucks. Nah, it's not my way. But he wants to speak life. Pastor Jerry's another one in my life that's just speaking up. Even if the words can be interpreted easily another way, I'm seeing these guys as people that God has put in my life and speaking over my life. And it's really important. As I reflect and then I was able to remove any of the emotion that's attached to it, he's speaking to my spirit. My spirit's like, yep, you need to listen to that. You need to listen to your leader. That's so important. How it's said. And the last word is refocus. So reflect, remove, refocus. There's a reason why this is the third word. Because I think we can't refocus, realign what God wants us to do, what the Holy Spirit is tap, 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 encouraging us to do in how we speak to people close to us and further away from us until we're able to reflect until we're able to remove a bit of what the soul is screaming about and emotional stuff's going on. And in that moment, God, what do you want to say? And then he'll be like, hand that over to me or let us work through that together, whatever it might be. Refocus. That Ephesians 4.31, continuing the next verse, it says, instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgive one another just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Our greatest example, church, is Christ in all aspects of our life. The fact he came here to earth fully human, fully God, to show us he has the emotions, to show us that he can, he can feel it, that he can get angry, that he can get offended, upset. Side note, as Jesus, he got offended for a lot of things that happened around him, but he never let personal offense ever grow. He let that go. 
Example, on the cross, people taunting, spitting, yelling, teasing, and his response, I think if we were on the cross, we'd be like, how dare you? Do you know who I am? Do you know what I'm doing for you? If only you knew, you low person, whatever, the negative stuff, we're sitting there in pain with nails through us. But Jesus' response is, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. Offense, off to the side. Refocusing in that moment to the Father and going, your will, not mine. Leading up to the cross, going, oh, your kingdom come. <laughs> I, I, I want this to pass. If, 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 this, if there can be another option, seriously, this is going to be painful. As Pastor Brennan's message last week, talking about Jesus, he's like, man, there's so much stuff that I'm going to go through. It's going to hurt so much. But you know what? Your will. I'll refocus on you. I want to do what you want me to do and how I want to respond. A greatest example is Christ Church. Refocusing on what he says, refocusing by reading what he says, refocusing on stopping, reflecting, finding our own time with him as a church. As we go into 2023, can I just throw a challenge out here? And it's your choice to be offended or not because offense is taken, not given. But if you're the type of person that's finding a lot of things critical right now, a lot of things negative, a lot of things are not going your way, feel it. Be human about it. Don't pretend that it's not happening. Don't be a Christian with a smile on the face. Hallelujah, brother. Everything's good. High five, shaking the hand at the front door. Everything's all good. Be real with how you feel. But can I encourage you? Reflect, pause, help ask God to help you remove some of the weight of the unforgiveness, of the hurt, of the offence that might be so many years ago that that person might not even intended for you to feel because it will stop you from refocusing on truly what He wants you to take that next step. There's things in our lives, church, we'll never ever be perfect with this, but we're taking those small steps to speaking up rather than speaking down. Let a majority of what we say as the church speak up of people, not speak down, because I don't think the world's ever gonna get that. The rest of the world, people that don't have faith, don't have that refocus option of this good, good Father who's helping us in how we speak and communicate with people around us. I reckon our default, as I said earlier, is to be negative, critical, cynical, shaming people, guilting people, boxing people, shaping up people, labelling people. But as a church, now we're all on the same level. And in fact, this them and us mentality, we need a complete remove. And that happens when we refocus on Him and we speak up for people. Thinking before we speak, removing the obstacles that stop us from refocusing and allowing and aligning our heart with Him. Can I get you guys to stand with me? I know it's not part of our routine, but can we do the third song, please? Like, Surely Love. And the reason why I want us to finish with singing out surely love, surely love and kindness, your mercy, your peace will follow me all of my days, is that all of this here can just be a little TED talk to some people. Okay, so I've got to relax, reflect, I've got to remove a couple of things, and then I've just got to refocus on what I think God's going to do. That's a lot of us involved in that, and there is an element to the relationship with God that is us, but I think ultimately when it comes to speaking up of people around, around us and speaking up of ourselves too, 
because that can be so negative from the inside of, our, of, of ourselves as well. A big part of that is actually just relying on Him and realising that His love, His mercy, His peace, His kindness follows you all of your days. And guess what we do to make sure that we refocus and realign our, our, our soul away from that, our spirit to rise up? We declare it and we worship and we praise even when our emotions go, this is so hard and this is so difficult. I can't do this. Guess what, church? That's the best time to do this. That's the best time to do this, to declare, surely love and mercy, your peace, your kindness will follow me all of my days. You will help me with my actions. You will help me with the choices. You will help me with the words that I say to everyone around me, speaking up my, about with my sister, speaking up about my brother, speaking up about my parents, speaking up about my spouse, speaking up about my boss that you don't like, speaking up about all sorts of people, speaking up about the teachers, speaking up about anyone in your life, even when the emotions are like, oh man, I want to say something else. I want to tear them down. I want to bring us in insult as the world says we should but no let's remove that let's put that aside let's hand that over to God and surely love and mercy and peace and kindness will follow me all of my days let him lead your life let him lead your speech in 2023 let's believe as a church as civic church what can happen out of conversations what can happen when negativity comes your way when criticism comes your way when that post comes your way that's trying to bring you down and you respond with peace with love with kindness with tenderheartedness, with forgiveness. I just, it's just a challenge out there. It might be hard to comprehend up here, but in your spirit, in your heart, let God lead this. So as we declare, let's sing this out and believe it from our spirit. Come on.